Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking with Influence, where you'll hear professional speakers discussing their signature talks and how they educate, motivate, and inspire their audiences around the world. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by the Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakersguildusa.com. Well, good morning. I'm Deborah Simpson coming to you from San Diego, California. If any of our listeners are on Twitter, and especially if you're a professional speaker, I'd appreciate you hitting that Tweet This button and let your followers know about the show. If you have a question, you can feel free to call in. The number is 516-595-8125. And if you like the show, you can always follow the show by tapping the Follow Us button on the show page. And of course, you can keep up with us via iTunes. Today, my guest is Bethany Sunny of Thriving Business Success. Bethany is a speaker, author, and marketing coach with over 25 years of business experience. She shows motivated entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, authors, and consultants how to become irresistible and build a thriving business so that they can easily get more clients, make more money, and grow their business fast. Bethany is here today to share with us how to become irresistible to your ideal clients. Bethany, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Deborah. It is such a pleasure to be on the show with you. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. I always love to talk to speakers about what they're up to. And um, so you've been in business for 25 years. Did, did you decide to become a speaker as a way to market your business, or what led you to speaking? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, I have because that's how I did mine. I started my business or my speaking so that I could market my business. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I um, the twenty five years in business is actually a combination of three different businesses that I have owned, mm. and after ready to go to my next step of path in life, I realized I could combine my love for teaching with adults and my expertise in starting a business and growing it and running it. And when I realized I was going to move that direction and go into coaching, I wanted to be able to switch from like straight training to speaking and building my business through speaking. So it's a mix of love of training, love of speaking, and growing my business. Yeah, I happen to be one of those that really likes to teach. So I have, um, I've always followed the model of speaking to share information and then having an offer to make at the end of your speaking engagement. I never really looked for uh, fee-based speaking. And, um, I know, and I know that's probably your model as well, is that you're, do you tend to speak for free or are you asking for a fee when you speak? Most of my speaking is for free. If they would like to pay me, mm-hmm. I would never turn it down. But um, <laughs> same as yours, my model is speaking to share information and then um, provide offers or more help that they can take the next step if they would like, which is more the model that is common 
in the industry now. Yes. So yes. You're probably finding that as well as many other speakers are. You know, I'm sort of um, taken aback a bit by it because, of course, that was always my model. But what I've come to discover, especially in curating conferences for the members, speaker members of Speakers Guild, is that I'm finding a lot more conferences that don't pay and offering you that visibility. So I have been asking some of the more well-known speakers what they think is the trend moving forward. And that's definitely the trend. And I think part of that is because there are so many, what I've been told is that there are so many coaches out there and leadership coaches that they are telling their clients that the best way for you to move forward your vision of leadership or business or whatever is by um, having a book and then going out and speaking and asking for ten, fifteen thousand dollars speaking engagements. And I just see that there's so many speakers out on the circuit and they've been told this that they they seem to be having a tough time with the change. You know, we're in a global disruption period right now and speaking is being disrupted as well. So I, I'm glad that you are seeing that trend because that's the trend I'm seeing too, that you speak either to build your email database, you speak to get clients, or you speak so that someone else will, will pick you up and ask you to speak at their event. So right. I, it's nice to right. know. Yeah. So how would you describe your speaking style when you're in front of a room? It's still kind of a mix of speaking and teaching. So... Mm-hmm. Um, my style tends to be interactive with the audience and also then providing them action steps that they can do immediately when they leave to enhance their business. So it's a mix. And you think that that's something that sets you apart from some of the other speakers? Yes, yes. The style definitely is different than a lot of speakers, although many of them are working at providing valuable content. I think one thing that sets me apart is that when I decided to move into the professional speaking arena, I decided that I needed to be better equipped. So I, um, my mentor, R.V. Robinson, I took her mastermind class which allowed me to fully learn how to professionally speak not just get up and teach like I had been doing for so many years but to learn to professionally speak and engage at a different level instead of just feeling like a lecture so you got your training from RV Robinson and you were never a Toastmaster correct Ah, excellent. I I got I came up through the Toastmasters ranks, although my father and mother were both ministers and my grandparents were ministers and my great-grandparents were ministers. So oh. when we were really young, we were often put up on the platform as part of the program. So I learned really early on, you know, how to be up on 
a platform in front of people and then uh, watching them give sermons and things like that, you just kind of naturally fall into it. So I started out in Toastmasters and I went through the whole Toastmasters program. But I I, I just enjoy the opportunity to share information and um, be able to educate people on any number of topics that we as speakers do. So speaking of topics, what are some of the topics that you cover? Well, I overall teach um, business owners how to become irresistible. So most of my topics blend in with that. So it can be an irresistible language. It could be building an irresistible business. So my topics tend to be starting at the foundation, so needing to know what your vision is, what you're doing, um, what your product and service is, who your target market is, and learning how to talk and communicate with them so that they're eager to buy, so that you never have to feel like that sleazy salesperson. So I have topics relating to target market benefits, networking, how to um, effectively use social media without going crazy, and (laughs) how to build basically a a basic marketing plan and system to help them provide the marketing and getting the sales that they need. Do you think that when you're talking to business owners that that's one of the components they really miss is the identification of their target market and the ability to actually – speak to their target market so that their target market will be able to hear them? Yes, yes. It's actually, when you start business, you figure out you have your target market. It can be anywhere from everybody to the smallest little niche. Um, But it's not easy to really identify your target market. Even businesses, large businesses, can get it wrong, Um, you know, when Coke, Coca-Cola decided to come out with the new Coke, they did yes. tons of research on the taste because they were competing with Pepsi's um, taste test promotions, but they made the mistake of not looking at their target market and why their target market bought their product, and it wasn't for taste. So when they launched that huge promotion, It just failed miserably. Within 79 days, they put Coke Classic back on the market. So it's not an easy process, and it does take time to really look at who you want to serve, both who you enjoy serving as well as what market would your product or service really fit. Mm -hmm. Yes, just a side note. During that whole Coca-Cola fiasco, my <laughs> husband was one of the sales managers <laughs> for Coca-Cola oh, when that all happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I met my husband at the bank. I manipulated the teller line to wait on him, and he was working for Coca-Cola. <laughs> so just to let everybody know, we just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. So oh, it worked out well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well. I, I wear it as a badge of pride. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, that's wonderful. Um, what are some? Yeah, you know, it 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 is nice to be at that point in time where you've been with your spouse for so long, and you're really 
more good friends, you know, just because we're so close. And, and we have a beautiful daughter who is just, uh, she came down for a few days. She lives in Santa Barbara. So it's nice to see her. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Having kids, I just have the one and that, that was just really cool. I, I'm glad I have a child. I, it, uh, completely changed my life and then we moved down here from LA and that at that point in time that's when I knew that I wanted to really get into speaking because I just really love that idea of the difference that we can make on a platform to the people who are in our audience so when you're looking for events do you have particular types of events that you like being part of that are you know more they're the ones you search out Right, right. Um, what I look for is events that really focus on people that are entrepreneurs, maybe coaches, speakers, authors, consultants, ones that are really kind of transitioning into a new business. And so a lot of them are business-focused events. They can be from large uh, seminar-type events that they're looking for people to talk on specific topics. Also to, like, meet-up groups. And so where Mm -hmm. they have, you know, a small group of people that are wanting a speaker. Or chamber events are wonderful events for me also. Yeah, those uh, chamber events, I was on the business resource committee for the chamber in Carlsbad years ago, and that was what we did. We put on that first Friday breakfast, and all the chambers have events like that. They have at least two or three events every month, but that that first Friday breakfast always needed a speaker to come in. And if you want to speak to a speaking community or if you want to speak to a business community, Chambers are awesome because they're looking for speakers on a regular basis, whether they're doing it for a breakfast or for a lunch. But chambers are are a great resource for anybody who's in business. Yes, yes. And SCORE is another organization that's yes. wonderful. Yes, I'm going to the SCORE luncheon next Friday. Oh, fun. Yeah, I've been – SCORE is big down here in uh, San Diego County, so SCORE is always a nice event for any speaker to look at because our SCORE, and I would have bet that your SCORE is up there as well. I don't know if you have more than one SCORE up in L.A. because it's such a large city. Um, we have one right. here in San Diego. But they always put on they put on a breakfast. I, mean, I know I said lunch, but they put on a breakfast. And, boy, if, if that's your target market, the small business owner, the home-based business owner, the one-man operation, SCORE is a great place. Not only can you speak to SCORE, but um, our SCORE often gives the speaker a table as well in the exhibit area where they can uh, sell their books or things like that. So, yeah, I love SCORE. Nice. Nice. Now, I know you you mentioned R.V. Robinson. And I know we were both at an event earlier uh, this last month with RV, and she talks about hosting your own events. Have you come to that yet where you're hosting your own events? I am just starting to do that. 
I am going to be launching, it will start in late September, um, I'm mm-hmm. going to be launching local workshops. So there will be, you know, three, mm-hmm. four hours instead of full days because it's hard for people to be away full day from any of yeah. their business. But just locally and Long Beach, Orange County, Redondo, kind of Redondo down to Orange County is kind of the um, local area that I'll be servicing and be mm-hmm. doing one to two a month. So this is a perfect time to stop and have you share. How can the listeners get in touch with you if they're interested in those workshops that you're doing or they want a one-on-one consult to find out if you can help them with the marketing of their business? How can they reach you? Oh, thank you very much. I do have a website. My company name is Thriving Business Success. So my website is uh, thrivingbusinesssuccess.com. And they can also reach me at uh, Facebook is a wonderful way to reach me in, in Messenger or on my Facebook page, which is if you type in Thriving Business Success as a search in Facebook, you will um, find my business page, and that's another great way to um, reach out to me. Or my email is bethany at thrivingbusinesssuccess.com. Excellent. And I know your profile on speakerskilledusa.com also has your social media links in case they miss it. Wonderful, yes. (laughs) I love (laughs) having that information there. It's so valuable. And And you were going to say something. (laughs) I do have a gift for our listeners. Oh. And another way that they can... um, begin touching base with me if they go mm-hmm. to thrivingbusinesssuccess.com slash gift they can put in their information and it's a wonderful worksheet on features and benefits which is part of my irresistible language section perfect yes it, and languaging is always I think languaging is something I personally struggle with when it comes to marketing because I don't necessarily feel comfortable tooting my own horn because of my background. So do you Mm. speak with business owners about how to, you know, sometimes I've been, uh, it's been shared with me that sometimes I speak over my listener's head because I just love vocabulary so much. So do you have (laughs) ways to help that small business owner Use the language that works. It's the most successful for them when they're trying to market their business. Yes, that's exactly, you nailed it. That's exactly what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Because so many times, especially in networking, which a a lot of us do networking events to market our business, Mm -hmm. we we can sit there and begin telling someone this wonderful elevator speech that we've come up with, and they look at you with deer in headlights, or they look at mm-hmm. you like, oh, okay, and they're trying to figure out how to get away from you because you're saying too much. Or, um, <laughs> you know, it's just a difficult thing to be able to explain what you do. And most times you can't come up with it yourself because you're too involved. 
And so being able to have someone else that helps you with that process, and by the way, I have a coach that also helps me with that process, to be able to work at figuring out how to communicate best so that you're very effective and your ideal clients are the ones that want to know more. Yes, and when you're coaching business owners on marketing, um, I just had this instant happen to me recently, and I'm just curious with the new email marketing uh, warnings that we're hearing about the European Union, et cetera. Yeah. When you're out networking, um, it's always been my my thought process that because I hand you my business card, it means maybe I'd like to connect later or stay in touch, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm saying put me into your email database. So right. when you talk to small business owners, do you help them understand the etiquette of marketing and when you can reach out to people in a mass form like an email database? Yes, yes. We talk about that in networking, in the networking section, Mm -hmm. because it's common for us to feel like we need to give our card to everybody. And so Mm -hmm. we often go to an event and we get a lot of business cards. And Mm -hmm. most people are doing it because they're wanting to spread their name and who they are, but you don't really fit on, you know, their business and your business. And so Mm -hmm. I encourage people not to hand out their business card unless, of course, if someone asks, you need to, but you don't initiate it unless you really feel that you can do business together or that they know somebody that they can refer refer you to And then what I do is, if it's a hot lead, if it's someone that I know really wants my information, or I'll ask, would you like to be added to my list? Would you like to get my information? And then with those, I um, fold the corner of their card. So when I come (laughs) back, I I know who are my hot leads. I know which ones really wanted my information. And that's how I encourage people to work with not getting a huge database of people that don't care. That's so funny because as you were sharing that story, I thought to myself, I wonder if she folds those business cards the way I do as well. (laughs) I do the same thing. If it's somebody that I need to follow up with, I bend the corner of the card. (laughs) That's amazing. So when you are out there speaking, and I know we always want to help the audience with something. What do you want your audience to remember or walk away with after you've spoken with them? The biggest thing I encourage them is that they can do it. And it's okay it doesn't happen overnight. That they have the skills, they have the knowledge, they have the expertise to do it. And they just need to connect to the right training to go or coaching to go to the next step. But that they can do it because so many of us have that self-doubt that we Mm -hmm. try to come up and do so many things or get stuck in what we like to do, whether that's the technical part or the networking part. But it it doesn't Mm -hmm. really um, create a financially exciting, thriving business. 
so I really like them to walk away with, you know, the steps I've given them and encourage them that they can do this. It's it's their business and they can make it a thriving business. Yeah, it really is all about our mindset and believing in ourselves, isn't it? You know that that yes, yeah. we have a valuable service to give and we really do want to help people. Mhm. Exactly. And so you're marketing your business with speaking, and it's obvious that you're enjoying it. What is it about speaking that just really excites you and keeps you coming back to using that tool as a way to market your business? Uh, The feedback I get. Uh, Just Mm. people telling me that it really helped them, that they needed those steps or they needed that information to be able to move their business forward. So I love, although I do a lot of online, I love the interaction of being in front of people and communicating with an actual person in the seat or standing there. So speaking allows me to really connect in that personal way that partly by generation I enjoy (laughs) <laughs> partly just because I'm more of a, you know, people person. Yes, it's been interesting to watch the technology mature. I started podcasting 10 years ago in actually in 2006 I started. I ended up I was using StumbleUpon which apparently has now mm-hmm. gone by the way of so many other tools and is no longer available. But I was using StumbleUpon, and for the listeners, it's just it was a browser tool that you just tapped a button and it'd randomly pick another website for you to look at out of your interests. And one mm-hmm. of the websites it gave me was the International Podcast Expo. So I bought a $10 ticket, and I spent the entire weekend in 2006, well, more the end of 2005, but I spent the entire weekend in my home office on my computer in a webinar room learning how to podcast. And I really fell in love with the webinar technology in the early 2000s. So a few years ago when I knew my husband was coming up close to retirement and my family is in the Pacific Northwest and I want to relocate back there, when I took over the Speakers Guild three years ago, I knew I wanted it to be a virtual business so that I would have that option of being able to move and have it be somewhat seamless. So I've been in this webinar technology forever, which I really love, but that has also been a disruptor to the conference industry where now we're seeing more conferences either going the virtual route because it's such a cost savings or adding a virtual component to their Mm in-person conference. Is that what you're seeing as well? Oh, very much so. Actually, what's Mm -hmm. been interesting to watch is, you know, virtual hit so hard and so fast, and Mm -hmm. so many large corporations were turning huge conventions into online conventions, and I actually looked Mm. into getting into that business at one point and just didn't feel like it was going to connect individuals well enough and I have seen a trend moving that people are going back to live large conferences so I think it's kind of 
Um, a lot of the training, a lot of the webinars are still great with Zoom coming in and really making it more personable where you can have a lot of people together and, and talk and communicate. But it's been interesting that now it's almost you need both. You need to know how to speak and do a webinar as well as speak in person. And do you think that is because we as human beings really do like to see people in person at times, and I think we can form a stronger bond when we're in person. Yes. And you can read body language so much Mm. where it makes a difference in the body language. I might be able to do a webinar where you can hear my voice, you can hear my passion or my inflections, but when you see me on stage, the comments I get are different. The stage comments are more we can tell how much you care about people. We can tell um, so much more passion than just hearing your voice over a webinar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so... Um, let me ask you this as we our time is winding down here. Is there a question that I should have asked you that I did not ask you? No, you're very thorough. <laughs> I I think um I think the only reminder I would like to share especially with speakers or those looking for speakers is that they really provide an amazing value. And one thing that when I'm working with an event planner or someone that's looking for a speaker, it's important to me that I make sure that I'm a match for their audience because it's Mm -hmm. so important for me to make sure that that event planner looks fabulous and that their audience is well taken care of. So I really encourage other speakers that, yes, you can do it, you can get out there, and it's okay to stay in your niche to make sure that you're always providing value to the right people. Excellent. It has been uh, just a pleasure to speak with you today, Bethany. I really enjoyed getting to know you better and find out that we have a lot in common. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your morning to spend with me and help everybody who's listening find out more about who you are as a speaker and how you like working with planners and the events that you like speaking at. So thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This opportunity has been wonderful, and I always love learning more about you. So it's an exciting time, and thank you so much. Uh, My pleasure. And that is our show for this week. You can join me each Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. If you're a speaker and you'd like to share your passionate message with my listeners here at Speaking with Influence, feel free to contact me at 760-685-1960, or you can send me an email, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, at speakersguildusa.com. And until next week, I hope you have a safe and very prosperous week. Speaking with Influence is brought to you by Speakers Guild USA, where we have the perfect speaker for your next event. Visit us at speakersguildusa.com 